Hello, coders. Good afternoon. Good evening. It is uh, episode. Blah, what are we on? One hundred and eight. One hundred and eight. Wow. And um, for some reason, there's a little bit of a lag going on with the stream. So hopefully things are going to be okay. Uh, I'm going to continue as they are. But if anybody notices anything weird, then uh, please let me know uh, in the chat. Anyway, today we're going to be working or today we're going to be looking at. Um, <laughs> no, today I'm going to do a Q&A. Today's been a very long day. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> not, <laughs> I went straight into Twitch mode then. Today we are going to do a Q&A and I have my live Q&A questions here. I've got six of them. Some I've taken from uh, some tutorials. We've got some Linux tutorials. We've got some Docker tutorials. Uh, we've got general questions from previous podcasts uh, and we've got questions on Twitter as well. So I'm going to go through them. And at the end of this, I want to talk a little bit about various changes uh, to how to code well, as I have been discussing in the previous few episodes, but uh, I've got a little bit more information on some changes coming along, coming up. So let's get into, let's get into it. I hope everybody is well. Thank you for uh, joining Nabal. Thank you very much. Oh, it does sound like you are having a bit of a day with Python there. Uh, I hope that gets sorted. <laughs> Ah, yes. Okay. So the first question is regarding Docker. Okay. My, the question was asked and I apologize up front if I butcher anybody's names here. Um, it is Nunu Stone and Nunu Stone is asking on the Docker container tutorial, tutorial number 10 of the Docker containers course, uh, regarding handling volumes. Hi, hi, Peter. Thanks for the detailed video. I have a question related to moving a committed container in brackets image with the volume in brackets data from one machine to another. An image could be moved as a tar file. Yep. Uh, with the load, uh, with the load and, uh, save approach, of course. Uh, but this is how, but how would this be done with volumes? Is there a trick with Docker Compose? My experiments runs with a Windows 10 machine. So I've come up with a couple of answers to these questions, but I'll probably just sort of ramble on, uh, in my live style. So, okay. Okay. So first of all, you've got two separate things here. You've got the image that is saved in your case, it's to a tar file. And then the other thing is the data volumes. So I would imagine these data volumes are perhaps a bind mounted uh, volume. If we're going down that route where they are bind mounted volumes, they would be volumes on the host machine. Now, if I was you, what I would do is treat them as two separate things. So you've got your image and then you've got your bind mounted data volumes. So I would tar the, the image up as you have, but I would also tar up the data, the, 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 the data volume too in a separate sort of in, in two separate things. The reason is that uh, the reason why I would do them separately rather than one, um, is because, I mean, because you could essentially, it would be tricky, but you could put them in one tar file. You would have a tar and then you would have an encompassing tar where the image would be in that tar with the data volume. You could do it like that because of versioning, because you could say, you know, version one is this, version two is, 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 uh, both of those together. That's the problem. It's all about versioning, in my opinion. Um, what I would do is separate them, though. So you would have one tar file for the image and one tar file for the data volumes because 
you may find that the image doesn't need to change as often as the data volumes. However, it really depends, of course, on your deployment strategy. If you want just one single deployment, you know, then um, do it as I've mentioned, try and bring them together. Uh, is there any kind of trick you can do with Docker Compose? Not that I'm aware of. It would be probably the same as creating a Docker Compose file specifically for uh, production or wherever you're going to deploy them to. And um, I would then untar the image, run it from, or I would run it, run the build from the image, and then I would uh, manually untar the data volumes. That's probably how I would do it. The thing is, I haven't really done this before. So I'm only going by what I assume might work because most of the things that I've been doing with Docker and I use Docker, I used to say I use Docker all the time, but now I don't, unfortunately, um, just the way things go. But what I would, what I, what I normally do when I am using Docker is I have a Docker registry and I, that is my single source, source of truth. And so on there, we've got the, say, the site information. If we're talking about how to code well here, you would have the site data. And that site data would also encompass, say, uh, the, the, the vendor directory for Composer and maybe even the, uh, the node modules directory for um, NPM, perhaps, um, because then you would have a single image that encompasses the whole thing. But it sounds like you can't do that because you've got data volumes um, that are external to the image. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting one. And I guess it also comes with a question of the data volumes. Are they, um, can they be copied into the image? Can they be copied into the image and can they also be bind mounted into the image as well? So for instance, if you were, if, if the data volume, and this is a massive leap of assumption here, if the data volume is the files of a website say and you're working on those and you're developing the application and therefore it's in a bind mount then you could also copy that as a copy command as in the docker file and when you do your um your uh, uh deployment of your image or your build of your image i should say it would take the bind mount as the actual files and copy that into the docker image that's how I've done it before. That's how I've done it before. So I would ask yourself a couple of questions about whether the data volume actually needs to be a data volume in production, um, whether these volumes can actually change depending on the environment they're on. But anyway, it's one of those questions I would need to kind of get some more information on. Anyway, moving on to number two. Number two was a question from um, Daniel P uh, Pickering. Will this be PHP 8? Question mark. This is on the, I've forgotten what episode it was, but it was a pre, I think it was uh, a couple of episodes ago of the podcast. I was doing a podcast on uh, learning PHP in a hundred days. And I went through a list of things that I would learn if I was to relearn PHP again. I must admit on that list that I went through, there wasn't a lot of PHP goodness on there. It was mostly the, the, the fundamentals of PHP, like learning what a variable is and learning what a function is and learning how to do classes. But the thing is, when you move into more of a PHP eight sort of space, um, you, you do 
you do tend to do more in terms of classes because you've got things like um, uh, property pr- uh, promotion for construction. Con- get me your words out. <laughs> Constructor property promotion. You've got things like um, named attributes. And named attributes, of course, could work for functions, but they also could work for uh, classes as well. And you've got a whole bunch of other things specifically for OOP um, that PHP 8 brings to the table. And then you've got other things as well that uh, PHP 8 brings to the table that aren't OOP. But uh, I think what I would do to answer that question is I'm going to, it's kind of, like I said, that was an, that was a, a rolling document. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll pin out some, pen out some time to go over that and see if I can sneak in any PHP 8 um, things in there. I'm sure there's quite a lot, a lot of things because uh, when I initially wrote it, I didn't think that I should be putting in PHP 8 because um, if you're a new dev, I ha- I took the wrong in wrong assumption there that if you were new to PHP, you probably won't be working on PHP 8. But that's actually quite a wrong assumption. And therefore, I didn't bother putting in PHP 8 stuff in there. PHP 8 is obviously fairly new. I would imagine that if you're a new dev, because this was this was specifically targeted to new devs, if you're a new dev, you're probably going to be working on something that hasn't been upgraded. So probably PHP 7.3, uh, 7.4, sorry. Um, so whenever I would talk about PHP 8 in that 100 days of, of PHP roadmap, I would have to say... This can only, this, this thing that you're about to learn is only available in PHP 8. And when I initially did this, I, I tried to do it with backwards compatibility in mind. So not putting in the bleeding edge stuff, but I, I think, I think I would have to do that. So to answer your question, will this be PHP 8? Uh, yes, eventually it will be. <laughs> okay. Number three, it comes from, um, Martin, uh, I can't read my own type typing uh, episode 105 of the podcast uh, i mentioned i believe something about node and javascript why i dislike it <laughs> most of the time and uh, martin is asking the reason i like uh, learning javascript so much is because of asynchronous of the asynchronous nature of things like node.js that's a very valid point. Uh, I would love to see your take on the advantages of Node.js and PHP over other things, uh, over each other and over backend languages. Uh, PHP is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to go into my answer there. Okay, so yes. So the reason uh, I like learning, I'll just read this again. The reason I like learning JavaScript so much is because of the asynchronous nature of things like Node.js. I would love to see your take and on the advantages of Node.js and PHP over each other and other backend languages. Okay. All right. Let's break this up into two sections then. So the first section is why I prefer PHP over Node.js. And then the second is why I prefer PHP over other programming languages, other backend languages. Okay, so I find Node to be a little bit challenging. I find it a little bit frustrating. Actually, when I say a little bit, I find it quite frustrating when I'm actually trying to do something on the server with JavaScript. I find it quite annoying that I have to use something that is so loosely typed. And I also think that there is a 
part of me that because I when I learned JavaScript, I was learning JavaScript using Netscape Navigator. That's how old I am. Uh, work that out. I was taught JavaScript as it would be an event uh, handler or an event-driven thing for the client. I was never taught that it should be on the server. And I was taught very explicitly why it should be on the client and not on the server. So there's, I suppose there's a little bit of the old school in me that keeps that true. I, I've never used, I mean, I've used node before, right? I've, I've created a couple of things uh, in node. I've, I've created uh, a lot of serverless stuff in node things like, um, what I would call set and forget code. It's sort of code that just runs whenever it's needed and it's, you don't have to particularly rely on it. So for instance, um, a lot of code that does communication between say certain services where you're bouncing messages from one, uh, endpoint to another endpoint. And the thing that transforms that is the node in the between. And the node is basically only alive when it needs to be. Um, it's not actually the backbone. It's, it's just a communication tunnel, I suppose. Another thing that I've used node for is say, um, resizing images using serverless again, so when you upload an image that fires off perhaps some sort of queuing message and that queuing message uh, triggers a node serverless thing service that um, gets the image, resizes it and uploads it and does all various things with it. But yeah, no, I, I, I apart from that, that's the only things I've actually played node played uh, with node. Um, and I, I would probably, I would have a lot of questions if someone said to me, why don't you just rebuild how to code well in Node? I'd be like, well, that's the wrong tool. Surely Node is the wrong tool there um, because you've got other programming languages that are um, far better suited for, say, things like, um, uh, as I mentioned, the, da the data types, type uh, typecasting and all of that, you know, data strict types. That's what I'm trying to look for just out of the box, out of the box. But this brings a wider quest. This brings into this encompasses a wider question. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to shit on anyone who does node, right? Cause node, it, it's making people money, right? It obviously works. So who am I to say, don't use node. I will never say, do not use X programming language. Use the tool that you find works best for the project that you're developing. All right. That's the, that's the first thing. That's the only thing you need to care about. Don't care about whatever I say. If it works for you and your project, then run with it. Go with it. You know, uh, that's, that's, that's all good. I'm not interested in getting into any of these nasty, toxic JavaScript versus, versus PHP versus Python sort of debates because it's, they're pointless unless you actually talk about the context in which they're used in. So I'm um, yeah. So let's not jump down that road. But what I will say is around the second quest, the second part of this question is, uh, what why choose PHP over other languages? So I got into PHP. I suppose this boils down to how I got into PHP. I got into PHP because I was taught PHP. I was taught PHP whilst I was being taught Java, and I really didn't like Java. I self-taught Python, uh, but at the same time. All the work that I was doing was specifically on building PHP websites. And so I just went with that. I was very blinkered uh, when I was learning PHP in Java because that's all I thought existed um, in my 
naivety there. But why I but what how why would I choose PHP over other backend languages? Now I know other backend languages. Um, so PHP is a is a good programming language. I feel I think it's not as it's not the best programming language by any stretch of the means, but it works for what I. Uh, work on day in day out it's very close to it's like it's very close to the browser it's really close to the browser as in like if i was to go any further in into the server i would be probably looking for python or go it's very close to say picking up http requests and dealing with those things i i'm gonna just jump downstairs i'm going to put this on a break and uh, i'm just gonna murphy just uh, gave a bark and uh, i'm here on my todd so i just want to double check and see if murphy's all right i'll speak to you all a bit soon cheers Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> what did I get to? It was about um, Murphy's fine, by the way. He's fine. Um, <laughs> it was just he was just complaining about something outside. My take on just to round this off. My take on PHP is that it's very close to the browser, and that's and because that's the space, the domain that I live in, that is something that I I like to do. But if I like I said, if I was working more into the server. Uh, then I would probably prefer Go or um, something that is better suited for that. Uh, oh, let's take a question from the actual chat here. So, uh, again, apologies for butchering names here, but Ch- Chao Yang says, uh, Hello, Peter, what is your opinion on Podman? Podman. Well, I don't have one because I haven't used it. I'll be brutally honest. I've, I haven't used it. I know of it. I've heard of it, but I haven't used it. None of my clients use it. And as soon as I get wind of someone in the wild wanting to use Podman in, um, you know, as soon as I read, uh, a job description that says Podman stroke Docker, because you kind of need to learn Docker to know Podman, you, you know, then I will learn it. It's one of those things, I've got various things on my radar that I would like to learn, but because I'm a contractor and because I uh, do this house code well thing, I've got very small amounts of time where I can actually focus on things that I would like to learn myself, uh, because it boils down to time. And the, and, and really what I, what I do in terms of, um, the technologies that I use, I follow, it sounds really bad, but I, I literally follow the money because if, if the client, if I see a trend in the clients saying that they want uh, a different particular version or framework or technology, then I'll learn that. I don't have the luxury of just learning things. So as soon as they, as soon as I get wind of using that, then, uh, then I'll definitely learn it and I'll give you my opinion. But uh, for now, I can't, unfortunately, because I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay, so moving on to question number four. This is um, from David Gifford Sr., I think. <laughs> and this was a Linux question. Uh, this is a question from tutorial number 12 on how to copy files. So the question is, I well, it's not really a question, but I'm going to try and grab it a little bit and, and, and see if I can come up with a, an answer for it. I only, so, so the, the comment was, I only need to drag files without moving them. Now, from what I can gather from that, because the tutorial was about how to copy files from one place to the other, I am going to make a giant assumption here that, um, that you're more used to say Windows or Apple as an operating system rather than Linux. I mean, it's a, it was a Linux tutorial. So you were watching a tutorial on Linux to, to learn about Linux, right? So I've made that, I've made that leap of assumption there that uh, you've, you've probably got more experience with other operating systems. And so different operating systems copy and move files differently, right? So uh, for instance, when you're using a, a Mac, you, when you drag um, a directory from one place or even a file from one place to another, uh, this is something that, <laughs> that I struggle to get my head around at first. When you do that, you're actually creating a duplicate. You're not, you're not doing a move. You're not moving from one thing to another thing. You're actually creating a duplicate. So you leave your existing um file or directory where it was in the source and you actually move it and you copy it sorry and you duplicate it i should say to its destination so it, you end up with two copies and it was that was um that was a revelation to me when i started learning uh, when i started using mac it was like why 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 do i now have another <laughs> a, a clone essentially of the thing that i've would you know that i intended to just move to one place from another place. Um, and I believe it's different on Windows. Now, I am using Windows these days for my sins. I'm not a fan of Windows, as as I think I've mentioned in pretty much every single podcast. Um, but I'm, no, I'm not a fan of Windows, but I believe Windows does it slightly different. When you move a file from one place to another place, you are literally moving it. You're not creating a duplicate. You're moving it from one place to another. So with going back to Linux, there is two commands to play with. One is CP, which is copy, and you can use the argument. Um, I'm going to try and I'm going <laughs> to try and remember these. So hyphen R is recursive. So this copies everything within a directory. Uh, F is forcible and V is verbose. And of course, there's others. I think they're the main three that you need to worry about. But for when you're copying, you are copying. You're not, um, you're taking a copy. You're taking a duplicate from one thing to another thing. You're not removing the destination. Uh, sorry, the, the, sorry. You're not removing the source and moving that to, uh, the destination. You are taking a carbon copy from one place to another place. And I think there's, is there hyphen P for, for, uh, keeping permissions? Uh. Anyway, uh, and then the other command is MV, where you are moving it, where you're moving the, uh, moving it. So you're not creating a duplicate. You're actually moving it. Did I say that? Have I said that the right way? Copy. Let's go through this. <laughs> copy is creating a duplicate. All right. 
MV is moving it. So you're moving it from one place to another place, and you only end up with one thing. Whereas a CP, you end up with two things. <laughs> okay, and number five uh, was a question from Twitter. In fact, there there is someone watching. Nabel uh, Parker has asked, have you ever considered something other than web dev? Uh, what did you try and why? And how did you like it? So have I ever considered something other than web dev? No, no. Web dev was the only thing I ever considered. It took me a long time to consider it. But um, in terms of uh, a career move, that is the only career I've ever sought after is web development. Um, I went through a series of, uh, I went through two college courses and a, a university degree. And the two college courses I went through were my way of trying to whittle down the field that I wanted to, to learn. So the two college courses, one was in information communication technology and the other one was in business information technology. Uh, no, yes. Uh, BIT and ICT. Yeah. So they had lots of different parts of IT. So there were some that was were um, accounting. There was some that was uh, on computer maintenance. And there was some on um, networking. Uh, I, I, I know a couple of people from that course that went on to be Cisco engineers. And, uh, and, then, and then there was the programming, the web development side of it. Uh, which I which I preferred more than the other things. So I was basically using these courses as, as a means to try and get a broad understanding of IT in general, and then and then once I had learnt certain things of certain fields, I was able to discard them if I didn't like them. It was a bit of a challenge when I got to that point because it was like once I had accepted that I didn't actually want to do computer maintenance, uh, then I would. I, I kind of hated the course. It was like, I don't want to do this. So, but I have to do it because I need the points for the modules. Networking was another one, which just went straight over my head. I'm really bad at networking and I don't really care. And accounting. Oh gosh. How can you be an accountant? I don't know. How can you be my accountant? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. And then the university degree was uh, more distilled, more sort of, it was a programming focused thing. So that was how I channeled it down. Uh, I channeled that down. So I knew that when I finished university, I would be straight into a web development job. That was kind that was my runway, if you like, into the, into the, into the industry. Um, but along as I went through that uh, that arduous process, I think it was six years of study. Um, when I went through that, I obviously needed money, right? I obviously needed to uh, to be paid in order to pay my rent and my my food bills and electricity bill and my broadband and all, all sorts of things. So um, I did a bunch of 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 jobs that basically reinforced the reason why I wanted to be a web developer or a programmer because those jobs were awful. I've worked in factories. Um, I've worked in bakeries. Uh, so factories for bakeries on mass. So mass producing donuts, mass producing Danish pastries and all of that uh, rubbish. And I say rubbish is because it was just, it was so, I mean, I was shuffling donuts and sugar for uh, quite literally four hours on end. It was 
rubbish it was and then once the once the sugar was once the donuts were coated it, i mean it didn't take long i mean it didn't take long to get to 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 shuffle the the sugar on the donuts but once it was done it was then uh, donuts were then on the crate the crate was then into on on a forklift the forklift was out and unfortunately i didn't have uh, ownership of the forklift so i was just moving basically pallets of unsugared donuts to sugared donuts back to a forklift and then back again um, for for four hours, that was not fun. Uh, I've worked in frozen food, a factory for frozen food. I've worked I've worked as a cleaner, so I've cleaned offices and toilets and all sorts of uh, places. Um, I've worked in hotels. I was a porter uh, in a hotel. I've worked in oh gosh, I've worked in li- uh, Little Chef as a uh, as a as a I barely call it a chef. But someone who was just basically moving sausages about and putting them on a plate once they were done. Um, and I've also worked in, on a deli in um, uh, Summerfield. It's that doesn't exist now, but it was it was basically a supermarket, and I was working on the deli there, um, serving up sliced meat and cheese. What else have I done? I've done. I've worked at a bike shop. Um, so that came from work experience at school. And then I continued that on as a sort of a, a Saturday boy. And then going back even further, I was a paper boy. So I've done a load of stuff that I don't, I, I wouldn't want to do again, but it, it was only just to make the money to, to survive whilst I was doing the college course and the, and the, uh, and the degree. And I came away from the university degree with a massive student loan that I had to pay off, uh, which I've only recently i think was last year actually paid off so um yeah okay so moving on to (laughs) to number six uh the big steve uh baker asks on episode 98 and this moves nicely onto the announcements that i want to make uh has said you need to get onto rumble.com rumble uh, youtube is going to die i will see you there bye bye youtube or <laughs> well i have moved to uh, well move is the wrong word i have a channel on rumble rumble.com forward slash uh how to code well and uh, I also have a channel on Odyssey. Um, so odyssey.com forward slash at how to code well, colon E. Uh, the reason being is that um, I want to distribute my content wider uh, to get a, a bigger audience. And I feel that Rumble and Odyssey is a good fit. They're very different platforms. Rumble is probably more like YouTube because Rumble has more discoverability, in my opinion. So you can watch a Rumble video without logging in, but you need to log in to be on Odyssey, which is a bit of a pain. So what I'm doing in each of the evenings is I'm is I'm uploading a back my back catalog of my tutorials and courses to those platforms. So essentially they will they will become clones of this YouTube channel. And um, I'm doing it for various reasons. One one of which is that uh, it's it's always good to to um, uh, have more than one egg in your basket. You know, spread the eggs as. Um, as Sam time, 
I watched Sam Time. He, he is so funny. Um, as Sam Time mentioned on his uh, recent video, spread your eggs. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is um, for just gaining more of, of an audience. On all of the videos that I've posted there, there is a link back to howtocodewell.net. And I do appreciate that a lot of these videos are tailored specifically for YouTube. But there's something that I want to try and get rid of because... We're building the howtocowell.net platform, which obviously will host these videos or, or have these videos and will eventually have premium videos um, that people who are subscribed can get. Those premium videos obviously won't be on these platforms. Neither will they be on YouTube. They'll be on a, on a paid for service. But uh, it's all about really generating more traffic to, to that. And it's sort of my big push of trying to distance myself from any one means of distribution. And when I said that a lot of my videos were tailored towards YouTube, that a lot of the end screens have the YouTube has this uh, last 20 seconds, 20, I think it's a 20 second rule where the last 20 seconds you can post um, clips and, uh, and other things uh, that link off to other YouTube videos. Now that's all well and good, but when you upload those videos to other platforms, you end up with this 20 second screenshot <laughs> with placeholders for the, uh, for those clips, um, which, uh, which isn't good. So, and that, that's not a good thing anyway, going forward when I have my own platform. So what I'm trying to do is slowly distance myself from the actual ingrained nitty gritty parts of YouTube. Uh, YouTube is fantastic. And I, I want to stress that I will never, uh, in from what I'm the way I'm feeling right now, I'll never leave YouTube from what I'm feeling right now. I should caveat that. Um, I don't think I will. I've got a nice following here and the community is great. Um, and to be fair, YouTube is a fantastic platform. I really do like it. Um, as big Steve, uh, Baker said that, um, he's, he, he says that uh, YouTube is going to die. I don't think it will. I really don't. At the end of the day, YouTube is owned by Google and Google is the, is massive. And YouTube is the best way of finding video content because of the discoverability. That's, that's the, at the end of the day, that's it. But the thing is with YouTube, you, you do have to, if you commit a hundred percent to YouTube, you have to follow the tweaks of the algorithm or try and suss them out. And to be honest, I'm not. I, I, I would rather work on my content from my platform rather than try and, um, appease the, the, uh, the YouTube God, uh, if you will. So yeah. Anyway, the links are in the show notes below. If anybody's on Rumble or anyone's on Odyssey, uh, then do check them out. They're in the show notes below and I'll probably put them in all the other YouTube videos that I have as well, but I will still be doing live streams. I'll still be doing podcasts on YouTube. I'm, I'm not considering coming off of YouTube at all. Um, just to, just to let everybody know there. Cool. Right. So I'm going to shoot off and, um, I'm going to edit tomorrow's podcast, which was, uh, last week's, um, show live show. And then I'll publish that, um, tomorrow at 7am on, um, Spotify and iTunes. So if I don't speak to you soon, if I don't speak to you beforehand, have a, have a fantastic week. Um, happy coding everyone. And anyone who, who has noticed that I haven't been drinking tonight, it's because we're out of beer. I'm on, uh, water. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you ever so much. 
for watching. Happy coding, everyone. And uh, I'll see you hopefully on Sunday on Twitch uh, where we do a little bit more, probably PHP, maybe a bit more code notes. We've been doing a lot of a lot of good things um, with with that uh, recently. So I'll probably be working on that. Anyway, take care. Everybody.